I had two souvenirs from that fall, an elbow abrasion and the round stone. I still had the half-pound stone after the elbow healed. I kept it in the side pocket of the twill pants. Then they leapfrogged two battalions of us forward by night to take pressure off some of our people who dug in on the wrong hill. Our airplane driver didn't care for the attention he was getting and kept his airspeed on the high side as he dumped our group. I came to the end of the static line with one hell of a snap, and there was such a sharp pain in my ankle I thought I'd earned another heart. I pulled the shrouds around, landed on shale, favoring the right leg, rolled and unbuckled, unslung the piece, and listened to night silence before I felt my ankle. No ripped leather or wetness. Pain lessening. Then I missed the round rock. When the chute popped, the rock had popped the pocket stitches, and it had gone down the pant leg, wrapping the ankle bone on the way out, hurting right through the oiled leather of the jump boots. And I felt at that moment a terrible anxiety. My rock is lost, my luck is lost. Some bastard is sighting in on me right now. Later I realized that I had made some bad moves during those next five days before they pulled us all back. This was the same feeling. I'd clambered up onto the sun deck of the flush so many mornings at first light and had looked out at my world from the vantage of Slip F-18 and known who I was. True, the great panorama of the sky had been dwindled over the years by the high-rise invasions, but it was my place. I'd taken the flush out a hundred times and brought her back and tucked her, creaking and sighing against the piers, home safe. Safe among her people and mine. I guess there weren't enough of us all told. The city commissioners authorized a survey and found out there were 1,600 people living on boats within the city limits. That isn't much of a voting block in a place the size of Lauderdale. And boat people are not likely to act in unison anyway. We'd all been pretending it would be voted down, but they made it unanimous. So all day Wednesday, little groups formed reformed, moved around, broke up, joined up again aboard the watercraft at Bahia Mar. Meyer lectured an embittered audience aboard the Bamagal, standing on the cockpit deck amid a decorative litter of young ladies, quaffing dos equis, spilling a dapple of suds onto his black chest pelt. They say we have added to the population density. Let us examine that charge. Ten years ago, perhaps a thousand of us lived aboard cruisers and houseboats, now there are six hundred additional. During those ten years, ladies and gentlemen, how many so-called living units have appeared in this area? High-rise, townhouses, tract houses, mobile homes? They were constructed and trucked in and slapped together and inhabited without thought or heed to the necessary water supply, sewage disposal, schools, roads, police, and fire protection. All services are now marginal. Fifty thousand more shore people, maybe, huh? said Geraldine, mistress of the old broomstick. They say we have created sewage disposal problems, Meyer intoned. Doubtless, few of the liveaboard people are dumb and dirty, emptying slop buckets into the tide. But for the majority of us, we have holding tanks, we use shoreside facilities, we want clean water because we live on the water. Thousands upon thousands of transient cruisers and yachts and houseboats stop at the area marinas every year. 
hundreds of millions of dollars worth of marine hardware, paying a high ticket for docking privileges, and bringing ashore a lot of -of out-of-town spending money. And we all know, we have all seen, that it is the transient watercraft which cause a sewage disposal problem. They do not live here. They take the easiest way out. They do not give a damn. But will the city commissioners pass a law saying transients cannot stay aboard transient boats? Never. Those transients are keeping this corner of Florida green, my friends. He was applauded. Yay. We would march on City Hall. They would see the error of their ways. But Johnny Dow put the whole thing in perspective. He cleared his throat and spat downwind, turned away from the rail and said, Ad valorem, goddammit. Speak American, said one of the Tigers' playgirls. They hate us, them politicals. You know what they make their money on. They come from the law and real estate and selling lots and houses. Ad valorem. We're not putting dime one in their pockets.